get out of that driver's seat. She gave her a yank on her sweatshirt. And <laughs> yeah, and this woman got in her boat and drove it and drove it really, really fast and hit a sandbar. <laughs> and they were stuck on the sandbar. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. Getting a little excited as we're one week closer to actually being in the new Lance Truck Camper Mobile Podcast Studio. I cannot wait to get it set up with some of the new podcast gear I've acquired for it and actually get on the road. And I can't wait to show you all once I get it set up. So last week I featured Linda Leary, creator of Fishyware. And this week, I'm featuring another Linda, and let me tell you, she was a real treat to get to know, and I can't wait for y'all to get to know her, too. Linda Condor hails from the UP, which is the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, but she's lived in Minnesota for many years, and she's a member of Women Anglers of Minnesota, a group that we've talked about on the show many times, and she also fished the Bass and Gales Tournament Trail back in the day, and does she have a lot of great stories. Our conversation was so good, I'm turning it into a two-parter. So please sit back and enjoy as we jump right into a conversation with another amazing lady angler, Linda Condor. So I'm, I'm sitting here in my sunroom looking out at the lake that has started to freeze, but our weather here has been just so goofy. Um, and there it'll freeze up and then it opens up here and there and it makes a beautiful pattern of either blue or black, depending on how the sun is shining on it. And everybody thinks I'm having fishing withdrawal, but I'm really not. I'm getting a lot done. <laughs> so I'm going to be prepared. <laughs> Where are you located? What, what lake are you on? I'm on a little, you know what, if you Google the whitefish chain of lakes through Google Maps, mm-hmm. and it's in Cross Lake. I'm on a little tiny lake just east of there. It's called Meyer Lake. You'd have to, you'll see, um, you'll see Trout Lake, which is, I mean, this is. Have you ever heard of Lake Minnetonka? Oh yeah, yeah. For okay, sure. this is the Minnetonka of the north. Okay. Nice. I don't live on that lake. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I don't think I'd want to have to pay the taxes, and I would not want all that activity. I live on a little 60-acre lake that's 60 feet deep that has no access, and mm. I put my bass tracker on my uh, through my neighbor's property, which is still quite a challenge because it's very muddy over there. Uh, gotcha. but, um, but at least you have access. I do, I do, and my husband was, well, we had to put a hillside lift in here because we're on a big bluff. It's very beautiful. Our road is called Majestic Road, and we've got these gorgeous pine trees at the bottom of our bluff that come way, 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 way up. Mm. I can't see the bottom from where I'm sitting, and I can't see the top. (laughs) Wow. So we, we put in a hillside lift, which is a like uh, there's a platform and then there's a cart that you get in mm-hmm. and you lock yourself in there and you oh, ride wow. on down. And nice. then I go out on my little tiny dock and 
I step into my bass tractor and I put, push the button and down it goes. So I don't have to deal with that great big wheel, uh-huh. you know, to crank it down and then try to get in yep. or get out. Very nice. So, um, unfortunately, when we moved here, I, I would catch 70, 80 bass a day. Oh, wow. And I, I very gentle with them. I've never kept one. Um, and they were big. The average bass was probably three and a half pounds, and they went all the way up to six something. Nice. Each year, it just kind of slowed, slowed, slowed until you hardly catch much. Maybe in the spring, you might catch more. But the thing is, the lifespan of a bass up here is 11 years. Mm-hmm. So if they were that big, they were pretty old already. Right. I got you. So it's it's going through a total transition. But mm. anyway, yes, I'm a diehard angler. What would you like to know? <laughs> well, <laughs> how did how did you get started? Well, first of all, I was going to say I kind of have a similar viewpoint right now. I'm sort of I'm in the back of my houseboat and I've got all the windows open. So this is where all the sun comes in, which is I love it. Uh, it's starting to get a little chilly here in Nashville. So um, it's nice to have that warm sunshine coming in and that's where I have my office set up now and I'm looking out onto the water. So, so a little bit, we both have some pretty nice views. It sounds like where we're sitting. Yes. And I'm way out in the woods. There aren't a lot of homes out, out here, although we're seven miles out of the little town that goes from 2000 people to more than 20,000 people in the summer. Mm, wow. But we have bears. We had a moose in town. I have deer that I feed every every day. We had a uh, mountain lion over by our pole barn. We had a bobcat, which I have, have video of. Wow. Um, and every kind of woodpecker. And actually, I have a pair of cardinals, which is very rare because we go 45 minutes south of here and there are cardinals all over. Hmm. So I'm about three and a half hours north of Minneapolis-St. Paul. Okay. So I'm from North Branch originally. That's what I saw. Yeah. And so we used to go up north uh, just about every summer. We would go somewhere. We've been to like Thunder Lake. And uh, one of my favorites was our trips to Lake Vermilion. I loved going up there. Um, I don't don't guess you're that far because it seemed like it was... That was a lot further. Um, um, we we just drove by Big Thunder on the day before yesterday. Mm, nice. That is a that's a very very interesting lake. Yeah, I love love, love that area. Yeah, it's and it's got a lot of smallmouth in there. Although every time I've tried to catch them, we've only maybe caught one. Mm. You know, they they move so much, and we're not that far from Malax either. Where, where are you from? Originally, Menominee, Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, and that's where my fishing started. When I was six years old, my grandparents, who lived just outside of Wausau, Wisconsin, started to build what we called the cottage on a little lake near Eagle River, Wisconsin, actually by a little town called St. Germain. I was six. I fished with my grandmother, whose name also was Linda, and... I would take out that flat bottom, the old slatted green boat that had a, a chain for an anchor, and I'd go out by myself and 
we and we're life preservers in those days, we didn't know the difference between a large mouth and a small mouth. And that we never knew anything about fishing regulations either. Mm. I never kept anything, even then. But my grandmother did. She <laughs> kept everything. And she used a sharpened um, butter knife as her fillet really? knife. And I used to have to help clean fish. I hated that. <laughs> um, but I, I would go out and there was a, a place that had a brush pile and I would hook the chain up to the brush pile and hang my, my head over the side and I would just fish and eat with um, all we had in those days were that I was allowed to use was a like a cane pole. Mm-hmm. I would just sight fish with the line <laughs> and the worms that I was able to scrounge up. I wasn't <laughs> allowed to use my grandmother's nightcrawler patch. So <laughs> um, it's come a long way so now I don't use any line bait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless unless I'm I'm fishing for walleye through the ice. Oh. Okay. And sometimes also for crappies. Just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I just would go down and fish off the old rotten wood piers that used to be a loading pier on there on Lake Michigan and get these monster perch. And, um, they didn't have salmon in Lake Michigan at that time. Mm. Um, that's when, when all the, um, alewives, um, they were dying. And they'd wash up on the shore and everything was icky, stinky, and, mm. and gobs of them just ruined the beaches and lifeguards were busy. I don't think I've heard of those so, before. Yeah, there's another name for them, too. They're like a shad, but they're not a shad. Okay. They, they could be a member of the shad family. And then I fished with my grandmother on the Wisconsin River, and we'd fish until dark, and then we'd have to walk out of the woods, which... I had a fear of bears probably for the first 35 years of my life. Mm. <laughs> now I go out on the deck when I see one in the yard and talk to it. <laughs> but, um, no, we, we, I just always loved to fish and we started camping with our family and I'd fish off the shore. And then one year my husband got me a pair of weeders for Mother's Day. And then we bought a used forester boat and kind of, made a makeshift live well in it. We used that, and I joined a bass club, and I, I couldn't even back a boat down at that point. <laughs> I was probably in my 30s. And we had a, my husband bought a Ford Econolite Ford van and converted the whole interior himself, put in big windows and all this stuff, and that's what I was supposed to back down with a stick. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he went with me to every tournament and launched the boat for me and would show up in time you know, for the weigh-in. And after the first year, he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll join the bass club if you'll become a certified scuba diver. I said, okay. <laughs> so that happened, and then um, I stayed with the bass club, and I joined Women Anglers of Minnesota, and uh, with some encouragement from the president of women anglers at the time a lot of encouragement and pushing i went down and fished my first bass and gal tournament in 1987 on lake truman wow on on truman lake the one the one that i just fished in missouri yep nice wow <laughs> how cool and the water the water was really really low so the ramps were very steep and out of the water mm. 
really low. And I, I read what you had posted about your Truman experience, mm-hmm. and I was surprised to hear that there's still that much wood because, you know, I fished it, what, 33 years ago? And must be really hardwood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, it's everywhere. It's crazy. I've never been on a lake with that much. And I know there's, there's other lakes that are similar, might have a little bit more, but uh, that was my, my first experience on a lake like that. I really didn't have too much trouble. I'm, I'm extremely cautious. Very. Um, but it was when I went to Lake Fork, which was only, it's uh, southeast of Dallas. Um, it was only two years old, and it was just, I mean, they had um, they had holding ponds that they built and put in a strain of um, Florida and Texas bass mm. in all these holding ponds while they were building the dam. And then when they finally flooded it, of course, the water came up, and then the bass were able to swim out of these holding ponds. And um, the lake is solid wood, and nothing was marked. There wasn't a marker buoy on that lake. <laughs> and it was quite scary. I think yeah. I might have mentioned it. Um, I, I, I fished with a gal um, from that area, and she's the one that, showed me how to peel over the side of the boat and how to hmm. bump through all the stumps that were under the water. And you just raise your lower unit as high as you could, but enough to get you through. And you go bumpy, bumpy, bump over <laughs> all these stumps to get way to the back of a creek. And there were times we would have to turn off the motor and get up on whatever side of the boat and bounce it back and forth to get off a stump. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I I should have written a book because there, well, you fished the, that many tournaments. I think it was about fifty. Um, I can remember something about every single lake that I fished. Mm. Yeah, something unusual, <laughs> <laughs> or some probably some experience that happened for sure at each each event. Oh, yes, and experiences that I learned from some of the other women who would come in, well, friends of mine, who would tell me about my my friend Margaret White from, I don't even know if she's still living. Um, She was, she had a, she won a boat in a drawing, Mm. and it was a ranger, and she sent it back to the ranger company, and she had some modifications. She had it changed into the dual console and some other traits upgraded the trolling motor and things, and she was quite a storyteller. Well, she drew this redneck Cajun lady, (laughs) (laughs) which was the only way you could describe it. And this woman said, nope, where they argued about whose vote they were going to use, and the other woman insisted. So Margaret thought, okay. So she gets in the boat with her, and they go to start the boat, and it doesn't start. The power head was shot, so they had to go back and get Margaret's boat, and Margaret, with her new boat, was kind of careful. So this other woman actually said to her, 
get out of that driver's seat. She gave her a yank on her sweatshirt. And, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and this woman got in her boat and drove it and drove it really, really fast and hit a sandbar. <laughs> <laughs> and they were stuck on the sandbar. And um, Margaret had, in great detail, had told me about how horrible the other woman's boat was and how there was a dirty pair of underpants. <laughs> <laughs> and and she says there was this this big um, factory of some sort manufacturing thing up on a hill. I'm trying to remember what lake it was. It was somewhere in Alabama. And um, this other woman, and I can I can picture what she looked like. And if I thought hard enough about it, I could probably remember her name. She took off all her clothes and she got into the water and said to Margaret to get her fat, you know what, into the water, take your clothes off and get over here and help me. <laughs> And she said, all these guys were way up on the, on the cliff watching. And Margaret says, I'm not taking off my clothes. <laughs> so Mar- Margaret um, got in the water. She was kind of a heavy gal, part Indian, with beautiful blue eyes and long, gray, white hair. And when she came in, she was so upset. And she was crying because she said, my beautiful boat, what she did to it, it's all scrapped. She took it, she drove it into the worst places and Margaret was just really in a tizzy. I checked on her that evening and she was having heart palpitations. We thought she was having a heart attack. We had to call the ambulance. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> probably story. probably an anxiety uh, attack. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a panic. It was yeah. a panic attack. Yeah, she was so upset and her blood pressure was sky high. And yeah, well, that maybe the, that's why we got rules now that only the boater can drive their boat. <laughs> oh. um, you know what? I read your rules for uh, Lady Bass. Uh-huh. It's not the same Lady Bass. No, that, um, that I fish, but the rules are almost identical oh, to really? Bass and Gale. Oh, wow. The only thing that bothered me was that I'm supposed to go fish for a whole year as a co-angler, if I want to do that. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought. Hmm. <laughs> were you, so when um, you first joined the best cl- a Bass Club, were you a co-angler, or did you just start off as a boater right, straight away? I went as a boater straight away. Wow. That's awesome. And the only time I actually gave up my rights of being a boater, if see, they would pair us up, boater, and they didn't call them co-anglers. Okay. Um, for for the most part, really, um, from my experience, is when you're a co-angler, your fish and the the pilot's fish count together. The, so you fish as a team, although you're drawn. Yeah. So my local club, we are we are a team. So it's Team Nashville Bassmasters. So it is boater and co angler, and whoever you get paired up with, you guys fish as a team, and your your five fish are combined. You know, whichever the best five between the two of you all goes toward you know that one yep. entry, and then you split. I, I the like winnings. I like that. I do too I like because yep. it it really fosters a, a atmosphere of education because the co-anglers can fit typically the boater is going to be more experienced and so as you get paired with all the different angle the boaters you learn something different from every one of them because they're going to be trying to to help you and teach you so that you can hopefully catch fish that will count you know toward the the way in 
And um, yes, and and also share plastics, mm-hmm. share tackle. I mean, I've even handed off rods to my partner. Mm-hmm. You know, here's try this rod. You know, that that doesn't have good enough light on it <laughs> for what we're doing. Um, so I, this whole thing led up to me ending up writing for an entire summer for the Stillwater Gazette, where we lived in Stillwater for okay. 40 years. And one summer I wrote a column every week and took my own pictures awesome. for them to put in my column. And I, you know, I covered things like um, Boy Scout events when they had a fishing outing, or maybe I would feature a particular, describe a spinnerbait and how the different ways it could be used. And it had to be, I had to have a certain amount of words. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wouldn't just take a short one. And then I also got paid for public speaking, which was really pretty cool. Yeah. Um, usually I would just bring my my classic when I fished the Bassingal Classic. Um, I only qualified for one, but I was always pretty much in the top 50. Uh, you had to be in the top 30. Okay. In my first tournament, we had 208 women. Oh, wow. Yeah. Much so bigger organization than it is today, unfortunately. So, well, it's, how, you know, different organization, um, but. Um, how many women do you actually have in Lady Bass? You know, that's. That are, that are anglers. That's the, a the g- pilots? good question. I don't know off the top of my head. I know that we have a private Facebook group for anyone who's actually. A member, and this doesn't. This isn't gonna, you know, separate boaters versus co-anglers or pros versus co's or however they say it. But um, right now in that group, there's 123 members. So if that's if that's accurate, then that would be. Um, but how how many boats typically would you have in a tournament? So that I don't know. So that Truman Lake was my very first one. And Mm -hmm. because this year's been a little crazy, (laughs) to say the least, I don't think they have as many boats as they typically would in a normal year because people were still, you know, a lot were still quarantining and and such. So, um, gosh, and I don't even know how many boats there were in that tournament. I want to say 20, 24, maybe. So, so not a lot for, for you know, being, I, no. I said to Terry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going down to Texas and fish, but Ray Hubbard is not exactly a lake that I think I want to fish. <laughs> I've, I've heard a little bit about it. I've started researching just a preliminary little stuff. Mostly I'm just trying to figure out what campground I can stay at, but, um, I've heard it's kind of like a big open bowl. And when there's any kind it's in of the heart of Dallas, well, that too. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about driving our truck with our truck camper and our boat in that Dallas traffic. <laughs> so, but um, oh well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that too much if I can manage to get through Atlanta <laughs> and Nashville and a bunch of other yeah. places. Um, I remember I went down to. Um, Sam Rayburn, which is south of there, mm-hmm. uh, not too far, from, um, about two hours from Houston. And my oldest daughter, who's now 52, went with me at the time. And I practiced fished on Sam Rayburn. Then I had to drive into Houston 
Mm. to take Sarah to the airport so she could go home. And then I stayed for a few days with some friends down there, which is another whole different story, a redneck camp campground, but oh, was that fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then I drove up to Lake Fork to spend, well, I think it was about 10 days with a friend of ours. Um, we were going to fish, but the weather was so terrible. Actually, two men drowned at that time. Oh, wow. But... I thought, oh, how friendly the Texans are as I was driving from Sam Rayburn, which is at Jasper, Texas. And a good friend of mine owns a tackle store there. If you ever get down there, mm-hmm. you need to go to that tackle store. Okay. And um, one of the Bassmasters, Todd Faircloth, I talked to him when he was up here at Malax, and he said that he had been going into Ann's tackle store ever since he was a little kid. And he is one of the nicest people. Uh, some of those guys are just really super, super, super mm-hmm. nice. Um, but they all certainly know how to interact with the public. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm thinking, oh, how friendly everybody is. Everybody's smiling at me. And here at the oh, yeah, it's because I'm a lady with a Minnesota license and I'm pulling a big bass boat. Well, I get to David's, and he's got a real long drive, but he says, let me back it down, and you can direct me. And I'm, he's backing in, and I'm looking. And I see on the lower back portion of my trailer, there's a big sticker, and it says, Sex Instructor, First Lesson Free. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, Jimmy from the campground. <laughs> put that on and when I went back when the time was over for me to because he couldn't be on the water for two weeks that's why I went up to Lake Fork which was only like two hours away from there and when I came back I talked to Jimmy and I asked did you do that he said well I don't know anything about that just that well whoever the sum of bitch was had a really tough time licking all that salt and grime off the trailer to make the super sick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that's why everybody yeah. was being so nice. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, they were grinning from ear to ear. It was, it was hilarious. Um, anyway, yeah, there's a story for every single lake. Hey, thanks for listening, everyone. I really hope you enjoyed that. Please tune in next week for the conclusion of my wonderful conversation with Linda Condor. And until then, stay safe and stay healthy.